Hey, episode seven, episode eight. I can't believe we're already at this point. We are not robots. That's one thing we know. And we also are learning a little bit more Ichigo, Ichi-e. And we're going to not talk and like, like spill the tea, but we're going to learn more about tea. I'm telling you, this Mozart in the Jungle, episode seven and eight were two of my favorite. I think myself, the panelists, and we have two this time, uh, may have shed a tear too. So let's get into it right now. Mozart in the Jungle. It is the after show. Boom. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Ooh. What if nothing's right? Nothing ever I feel all the emotions, Linda. All the emotions. Sometimes I don't even know what I should think. I gotta listen to the music. I gotta feel the music. I gotta play with the blood. I gotta look at the blood. And we are Mozart in the Jungle, and we are the blood. Hey, everybody, I'm Ronnie Jr., and we are getting ready for episodes seven and eight. We've got news and gossip and all these other great things from our wonderful co host. Hi, folks. Linda Antwi here. Excited to bring you news and gossip. Yeah, some of the things are within the cast or beyond. And you know what we're doing also, Linda, beyond that we've ever done? We are welcoming our third panelist co host by yes. way of the booth. Anthony! <laughs> Hello, everybody. Uh, thank you for that wonderful introduction. Uh, yeah, I did. Say I caught up, finally. <laughs> a little too short, but that's okay. I, um, I'm going to be joining you for this episode and the next episode. I love it. It's, next two episodes. It is great because Anthony has a wonderful perspective. And I don't know, Linda, are you like me where when you're at After Buzz, sometimes there's like a hundred different people here and you're trying to like let them know about what, what you're working on. Mozart in the Jungle, I don't know that everyone receives it, so I'm always like constantly trying to let them know like, oh, you know, this is what it is. It excited me that Anthony knew and was like, oh, my God, I love that show. So <laughs> I actually uh, was outside of After Buzz and a friend of mine said, you know, I watched your review and I started watching Mozart in the Jungle and I absolutely love it. And she's a creative type, too. So it just it made me all warm and fuzzy. Yeah, very under I, don't, I wouldn't even say underrated because it definitely has its audience. The budget is there. But when you just talk about great shows, it needs to be at the top of people's lists. So I was so excited that Anthony was was on board. Yep. Um, great. So thank you, Anthony. You were here. He's got a great perspective. He knows a lot. He's very wacky and, and all these things. So I can't wait. Um, episode 7 is We're Not Robots. Oh, and again, of course, we're going to uh, do news and gossip, which will be fun. Um, you brought in some tea. Should we get into that now, or do you want to move more for episode eight? Well, it's really for episode eight, but I mean, if you do see our teacups here, these are really traditional Japanese uh, teacups that I brought in with my little tea and our green tea that's uh, Japanese green tea. <laughs> it, no, it was good because when Linda brought it in, I was I didn't touch it because I felt like because we watched these episodes, there was such a respect. There is a respect. With I, tea I didn't want to just go and do it. So now we'll do it live on the air before we start episode sure. seven. Now, you've done your part. Now, what am I supposed to do? Bring it in. You're just bringing it in. Okay. You're going to twist your cup. Okay. And I'm twisting right. it, like offering it, uh, receiving it. Right, receiving you. it. Okay. And then you're just going to sip it. Okay. And you're going to see how the green tea is different than the green tea that you're used to. Mm. It's delicious, isn't it? I do like that. I know. And you said at the very end you're allowed to slurp you're as a, to slurp a sign, a sign of, of respect. Okay. That you enjoyed it. <sighs> 
I gotta tell you, I can't wait to get to episode eight, and I'm sure everyone also feels that way. But episode seven was was brilliant as well. This is called We Are Not Robots. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming off of you know Wham and you know what's going to happen, this, that, and the other. Um, Rodrigo uh, takes the charge here, and we we see him with his version of the Requiem. And definitely, as a viewer, we don't know how it's going to be received. Um, I wanted to get all of your perspectives of what you thought of that. Um, uh, you know, him just being bold enough to uh, rework it and um, just just take charge. So what I thought was interesting with this, uh, the opening scenes, the opening credits, is when it opens, we see flashback of Rodrigo and Haley frantically changing the Wham! complete score. And basically what they did was they were like, we are not doing Wham! We're just doing Wolfgang. And up until the point of what, uh, Wolfgang completed with the Requiem, which I thought was a bold move considering they had so much at stake. Yeah, Anthony, did you have a specific um, comment? Because you were telling me something while we were in the hallway about how you received Rodrigo's performance. Yeah, um, it's a little long-winded, so I- I'm sorry about that, but bear with me. I'll try to go really fast. Speak it, man. Um, Speak it. Take your time. Yeah, I, I saw a lot of like a, a symbology in it. Um, so pretty much he, he does the original score, and to me, um, I think the, the the original score represented how life is exact, like how life actually is. Okay. Where you know sometimes you can be this great composer and be working on this, such a masterpiece, and then you die and it's unfinished. Just like how in life sometimes you can just die and leave so much work and so many things unfinished. And I just I, I felt it was a, a like a res- representation of how life actually works. Mm. Um, and it's um, and also the robot Wham! I found that it represents trying to go against the natural order of how human life actually is in the sense that Wham! is actually trying to rewrite history through analytics and thus making the score that is unreal and it feels unnatural and um, it, I think it also touches on the ina- inadequacies of uh, the humans versus the robots or also AI yeah. and how eventually that the, the humans will be taken out of the picture th- because of AI and AI will take over. So that's kind of how I got it where it's like a, a weird like power struggle between robots and humans and how Wham! is able to finish this score but it's not what it it's supposed to be. It's not what life actually is. Right, because there's that je ne sais quoi part where you are assuming that this person is going to do X, Y, and Z, and they may not may not necessarily do X, Y, and Z. You're just assuming from previous actions that because they did this, they're going to do that. But because humans are humans and we're unpredictable, you can't really necessarily say for a 100% guarantee that this is what's going to happen. Exactly. I totally agree with you. And that's why I think um, whatever Wham! had proposed what the Requiem was, was definitely something that was going to be hollow, while as what Rodrigo brought to it gave it more life yep. than actually finishing it. Right, because you know what? It left... It left your imagination, because how you would have interpreted the diff- the ending is going to be different than how I interpreted it and how you interpreted it. So I think it was great that he left it the way it was instead of finishing the Wham version. Yeah, because Wham has no condition. Like Wham is not living within the conditions of the artist, so we lose that. Um, in the <laughs> aspect of seeing Wham overboard, we also see a continued uh, elevation of Gloria and Betty sor- sort of butting heads. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to be uh, big into play because Betty seems to have Fuku's card, you know. 
Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll hear more about that later, of course. So um, I love how we saw, and I think it was an episode ago or two, when they were sort of beginning their little battle, and mm-hmm. now it's going to, it's going to, it could cause problems. Mind you, when we do this after show, we have not seen episode um, the, the two final ones. We, we, we watch it as we go, and then we recap as we go. Well, it's a full on battle because Betty quits the symphony board after this fight with Gloria, right? And, and we also know that Fukumoto is furious. So she basically sides with them and she's like, you and I are not agreeing since last episode that we watched. Yeah. So she quits. And yeah. what she does, you know, moving forward, which I'm sure you're going to get to. It's a big thing. Yeah, it's good. It's a lot. Well, it's her and Thomas. Every, everyone has their own position with where this is going to go because this is Rodrigo's big shakeup. You know, t- taking out Wham is going to cause some issues. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the spiritual things that we got was we got to go into this 100-year home uh, with Haley and Rodrigo for the tranquility. Mm-hmm. Um, very pivotal. Um, uh, he's out there burning the Requiem, sort of like f- finishing it all. It was like mm-hmm. his his interpretation of it's over. I did it the way I was going to do it, mm-hmm. and it's right. That's what he was just moving on from the situation at hand. He was basically, he was like, "I'm done with this. I'm done with the Wham version, and you need to to be rid of it." He needs a clean slate. He didn't want to see anything because for him, we got to remember that Wolfgang is is one of his idols and is one of the people that appears to him, and. For him to have this completed requiem, he was just—he was not having it at all. So I understand why he was burning it. Yeah, what? Anthony. Yeah, I kind of saw like a sacrificial gesture to uh, the disrespect that he kind of felt. That yeah, that he felt and that he had to pay to mm-hmm. um, to Mozart, and also uh, I also saw it as how like nature just should not be touched. You know, nature should not be messed with. Yep. Because that was the. Uh, like he went against the natural order of things, and and in doing so, he lost his muse. Yep. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> right, it was like it's a, yeah, he was like it's a sacrifice, it's a it's a cremation where we are ridding this life that had been given for so many years, and now it's gone uh, as it should be. Now on the flip side, we see Haley kind of getting a call of her own. Now she gets a, a kabuki dancer named Okuni as her new vision, and I, as a viewer, could not be the the better time. You know, I was mm-hmm. just very excited that she was going to receive Okuni. Okuni is the name, yes, Okuni, in that way. And it totally, like, gave her a jolt of, of history, specifically, like the history of, of of just even Kabuki, you know, inspired her in so many ways. She was amped up, and I love to see that. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, uh, being female, I thought that it was important because here you have the history of Kabuki and a woman who was not allowed to perform it, even though she created and started the art form. And then you contrast that to Haley, who is an up-and-coming conductor in a predominantly male industry. And I just think in this day and age, conquering you know a male-dominated society, it just was a great parallel to me. Um, Anthony, did you have any viewpoints on, on just seeing another vision? Were you into another one, or have you kind of wore out? Because sometimes, you know, breaking that fourth wall is not really the greatest, but how'd you receive it? Oh, no, I thought this was great. I I, I figured that um, since since they, they landed in Japan, there's been a, uh, a sense of a reflection of our times with the whole Time's Up movement and also yep. the Me Too movement that's yep. been reflected in this show as well by having Haley go through... Um, going through this process of this competition it's really mainly like it it feels like it's like Haley against the the men in power of the uh, the symphonies in a sense yeah um of like the uh, like the board of 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 
like looking at the board um of the competition it's mainly men and there's only that one woman yep and also i i a little funny thing about that whole uh interaction was that um Izimuno Okuni was actually speaking Japanese to her, and she understood it all. She understood it. Yeah, I thought that was really (laughs) hilarious. But it's definitely touching on the oppression of women, especially because I believe Japan is very oppressive of their women. And so to have this American girl here show up and trying to, you know ram it down their throats but that's a little later but yeah no it's good because it's such pressure that she's gonna yeah uh, sort of crash crash with later and i do like the the women aspect of it we saw a little bit of that even uh, when they went to the musical ephemera and she had the vision um and she was with all the classical women and kind of explaining their limitations and i think even in that moment she continues to learn and see you know granted she has so many things she's dealing with now but she has sort of like these wheels to do things that other women couldn't have done. So that's good, but it's also hard within the pressure, too. Yeah, I mean, I think that this whole season is about women empowerment, and specifically Haley and even Gloria. If we looked at the previous seasons, it was really about them supporting their men and them supporting the whim of their men. And we see in Japan that there's a break from that. Both Gloria and Haley really are fighting, like, the system and the system being like Anthony, like you said, male dominated and with this Me Too movement and Time's Up, that's what they're pushing against and you really see that in these episodes. Yeah. and, and In, in the season, I should say. And I feel like even when we looked back and we're like, oh, are they going to get a season four? Like just as a viewer, I was like, oh, you know, you didn't know. I in my head said, oh, there's no way the brilliance of this show doesn't sort of arc that in there. I, I actually had felt that before. Mm. I thought this was one. I mean, I'm a big uh, fan of Amazon's uh, Transparent as well. Uh, I think they got that Maisie. What's that Maisie? Um, what is the show? Uh, the, the woman she's married and then she gets. Uh, oh, the, the. It's a cute show. Really cute show. Yeah, um, so about. I felt in my heart that Amazon would tackle this and they're doing it brilliantly. And as, as you guys have both explained uh, amazingly, uh, a little humor is always great though gloria and thomas uh trying to calm themselves i like i like how gloria's like i don't want to be calm i want to be pissed mm. and, you know it, we just we all go through that kind of moment where you're just like it's it's such a big deal and she has the not the hardest job but she definitely has a hard job because she has to balance all of these artists and now you know that rodrigo caused this issue with wham she's not even being in the moment with her with her man and the calming uh you know hedgehog She's like, you know, she's not breathing it in. She's already focused on yet the the next thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, that was a cute moment between the two of them and showing how, again, important just standing up for yourself and being able to speak your mind. And if she's angry, she's going to be angry. And if she can't be subdued in that moment, then she can't be. But she has the right to feel the way she feels. Yeah. You know? Um when we saw Haley talk with uh, Okuni, she was extremely inspired, and I thought the relationship was on to a good start. Like in my, you know, I felt good about it. Uh, Rodrigo asked, "Can I go and watch you?" Because that had been uh, something she didn't really want to happen in a couple episodes before. So it felt to me like, "Oh my God, everything's on the up and up." So mm-hmm. I was at least at this point, there was no tears in my head. You know, mm-hmm. in my eyes, I was still feeling really good. And then we get to round two. What are you guys' thoughts on round two and how it transpired? Um, where Haley makes the finalist? Is that where we are? 
Uh, we're just right as the episode goes, right as the episode. She had just got the the call, the, the spiritual call from Okuni. She's, so were they watching the rehearsals, right, that one? This this is round two. Yeah, well, this is round two right now. This is right as the episode goes. What's, what do you mean exactly? I'm not, I'm not following. Round, the, nec- the next round. She's already from the last so episode. The ne- round two was the rehearsals. Were they watching the rehearsals? Okay, the moment that they left, she had just, it was after the evening, after she got the call from Okuni, uh, spiritually, and they're about to set out on their day, and they're going to, you know, perform with everyone else. And she's in there, and she's, uh, she, she's yeah, she, she's there. The judges are there. Uh, Gloria and Rodrigo, they're there. That's when Gloria calls her out. Yeah, okay, so then we were talking about the same <laughs> thing. So that, that's where they watch the rehearsals. Mm-hmm. So round one was them just performing. The second round was they wanted to see how they rehearsed. Um, and I thought that she did a great job. She, she made it her own. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, she, she's good for that. Um, she's good for that passion. I think Rodrigo later tells her that, you know, all of these things that went wrong and that really, of course, frustrated her. But in this moment, things are going good for her. Mm-hmm. She, she does advance. And um, the, the hardest thing with that is that Yuki is going to now, you know, have to tell her parents and, you know, she's not moving forward. Um, but then Yuki gives that pressure that there's only like two women out of all of these, these other, uh, you know, male-dominated, as you were saying, and she has to sort of hold that pressure. So that was an immense amount of pressure, but it was a great moment between Haley and So that and was Yuki. my favorite moment of the, of the episode. So uh, Haley makes it down to the five finalists, and she gets the best pep talk from the sole female judge, which you're talking about is Yuki, pointing out that there are only four women out of the top 150 orchestra, was it, orchestras. Was it four? I thought it was only two. It's four. Which both are horrible, yeah. Right. Um, of the top 150 orchestras across the world, and only four are led by women, and that she needs to, and I'm going to quote this, but not completely quote it, so it's kind of quoted, uh, take the effing Mueller six and ram it down their throats. At that moment, I cried because you saw another female empowering another female and really supporting them and wanting them to do well. Um, so I thought that that was a really powerful moment. Anthony, what did you think? No, yeah, I totally have to agree with you. I think that was one a uh, very special moment in the episode because uh, you, you do feel that female empowerment. And in that instance, it's so powerful because... Um, I love how I, I can't remember the the, uh, the female uh, the I other guess, contestant right was it, was it Yuki right um, yeah she although she lost she wasn't angry about it or anything she was just more disappointed in herself and having Haley there just back her up was was such a sweet thing and on top of that you see the other the the other judge come up and be like hey we like I know why this is happening yeah because like and it freaking sucks and this is what you have to do to get back at them and you're our only hope now and that's where that pressure comes it's not even just about like the orchestra but it's more of a statement of like women in the whole world yep and it was a good sisterhood on both ends i mean for for the uh, the girl yuki to to have this commentary and to like put her real true feelings aside was strong and even for Haley to be like the first person i need to go see immediately is i gotta check on her that sisterhood was 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 brilliant and you know like i said you received it in one way and the very next moment you started to receive it is the is the, the pressure that Haley's now going to have on her shoulders, which is a bit challenging. I uh, think, real quick, also, I think it also sheds light on how um, 
just like the oppression of women is around the whole world because that's what I wanted to say. It's also she, it's Haley, who's from America, but she goes to Tokyo, a completely different place, and yet the 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 themes or like the the same struggle for women are still present on the other side of the of the of this planet. It's so it's yes, it's and then <laughs> what was beautiful about it is that in all of that, the same struggles that she was like, I need you to interpret this. And even though they don't speak the same language, that struggle, like you just said, is universal. It's universal, and we may not all see things the same way or speak the same language, but the struggle is a universal struggle that we can all understand. Yeah. Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah, It really did make me I, cry. That was the scene. Yeah, when we were talking, you were telling me, because you had watched it before, and you're like, there's a part in episode seven, I started crying. Yeah. And, you had me so intrigued for this episode just because, like, I was dying to know where those steps would, would lie, lead us to. And that certainly was a very pivotal, strong, rough, difficult, all of these things wrapped up into one. And uh, an idea that's going to stay with Haley way beyond and start, you know, faltering, you know, putting her mind into different decisions uh, as well. Um, real quick, can we talk about uh, how Rodrigo received uh, Fukumoto's um, out-of-the-box commentary? Um, he said that you weren't out of the box. So Fukumoto, Fukumoto sort of shoved him off like, oh, you know, because Rodrigo's there to make an apology. And sometimes when you do something wrong or you expect the other person to be mad, it's very weird when they're more so indifferent. And that's what Fukumoto was. He was very indifferent. But he did say the thing that got Rodrigo to the pit of his stomach, which was, I just thought you were outside of the box, meaning I thought you could do the work. I thought you could do the wham version. And it seemed like it really hurt Rodrigo and it hurt me. I was a little bummed that, you know, you that he was able to be attacked on such a personal place. Um yeah, I mean, I think that he said that intentionally. I think that he knows that Rodrigo does think outside of the box, but because he was so mad at him and he had his own hidden agenda, which it wasn't really about uh Wolfgang's Requiem. It was really about his wham and advancing technology because we have to remember that he is an engineer and even though he loves the music music and the arts, he's coming from a techno- technological background and Rodrigo is not and so he wanted to hurt him where he would know that he understood that. Yeah, well, I mean, when you look at Fukumoto, he's of, yeah, he's of the different, he's not of the art art type you know it's like gloria you know they'll they'll as much as they want they'll try to understand you know how thomas feels and how Haley feels and how rodrigo feels but they aren't in it for the same reason they're in it for the same reason because she cares about the symphony and he cares about you know creating wham and the integrity that he feels that could be put into the requiem but they're not you know it's a bit he's a businessman in that case so truly truly a different thing um, speaking of business, you know, now that Betty has kind of Fukumoto in the back of her pocket, so to speak, or just influence, um, they Betty talks with Thomas about like, well, you know, there's other places donations could go to. So that was the moment that Thomas is basically sort of going behind uh, Gloria's back. Well, before that, so they meet in uh, that bar and Thomas offers her a position at the Queen's Philharmonic. Yeah. And then from there, that's where you see them kind of uniting forces and then using her relationship with Fukumoto to advance their agenda. Yeah, I was a little just like, oh, man, like, it's great for Thomas, but, yeah, they're really cutting out Gloria. So um, bad for relationship, bad relationship move, but, you know, totally good for his reemergence of his new new thing at the Queen's Phil. But um, 
it just made me want to watch more episodes. But since we vowed to only watch the episodes at a time, I was a little bummed because now I'm really dying to see what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you went on uh, Anthony and watched more, or are you just you're you're with us at episode eight? Oh no, I'm doing it like you guys all natural. <laughs> yeah, it bums <laughs> me out because once these things happen, I'm like, I need to know the payoff of that, but we don't right now. Um, we have uh, let's see, we've got Haley. Um, She's preparing um, for the next stage here. Oh, oh! quickly about Gloria getting mad or whatever. Gloria does learn quickly that um, Hesby is wavering too. So that's when, when Gloria finally gets this information, she's learning that Hesby might uh, premiere the piece with Thomas. And then at some point she's learning that Thomas also might be working with Betty. That's, I felt so bad for Gloria in that way. Yeah, I mean, she finds out uh, about Thomas asking Hesby to premiere his piece um, at the Queens Philharmonic instead of the New York one. And the reason why Thomas did that is because Thomas thinks that she's cheating on him. And this is where she finally tells him about the Guggenheim. Guggenheim. The Guggenheim. It sounds like a dance. The Guggenheim job. And and this is where we find that she's not going to take the job because she's so mad that he actually is trying to snake Hesby away. Yeah. Um... I just, yeah, and that's true, but I was almost wondering that if a couple of these things keep mounting on her, would she kind of get the pressure to maybe want to go and try something new? Because at some point, that pressure is a lot, you know, the the potential donations not there, the Hesby piece might not be there, the rats, so I'm glad, I'm glad that, like you said, they had that great conversation, so everything could be out in the open a little bit more. Um, cause I always want Gloria to win. She's like my favorite of the show. I think <laughs> I know she's not on the show that much, but I just love, I love the way they, they work, uh, Bernadette Peters out in that situation. Um, do you guys want to talk about Haley's, um, crumbling and choked performance uh, thoughts, visions on, on all that? Yeah. You- but before we do that, I also want to talk about where Haley, uh, asked for brutal honesty from Rodrigo after, uh, the second performance and he basically gives it to her and she wasn't really prepared to hear it. And I think that sets the stage up for the final part of the competition. I think that was a very important <laughs> the first. moment. Hey, uh, what do you think, Anthony? I got to say that that part kind of confused me a bit because I wasn't sure how to feel about it. I wasn't, I wasn't, I couldn't really read Haley's thoughts in that scene because um, the way it was edited, it's just, it, it's like he's dragging on and on about how all these things she could have done better. She could have done better. Like just giving him tips and stuff. Um, and I just wasn't sure how to interpret that. Is it, is it that she really, she's realizing that she's not as good as she thought, or is it realizing that maybe he has high standards that she can't live up to? I I wasn't sure. I was at a loss at the scene. I gotta, I gotta admit. She, she may have hit one of those moments where she asked for something and got, the exact answer. He's such a professional. He's going to give all of his input to make her the most amazing. She quickly internalized so much of it, threw it back at him and said, wait, all of that's just within the first 20 bars or whatnot. So I don't know that she could, she asked for the truth. She wasn't necessarily ready for it. And she was still in such a emotional place that it really did wreck her. You know, you guys have to also remember, uh, her history and especially her history with her father and anytime she auditions she ends up choking and she chokes because there was so much pressure from before from her father that she do you guys remember as a kid the flashback scene I was scenes? about to say that's such a great point that yes. you just brought up and I had forgotten about yes. that now it so makes she, a lot more sense yes so she 
is in desperate need for feedback because that's all she's ever been given from her father is critical feedback. But what she wasn't expecting is getting critical feedback from not only her lover and boyfriend and coach, but from someone that she's idolized for the past three seasons. So this was like a pivotal moment. This set, this setting up the final competition and having him be so brutally honest is, is that that was it. Like, well, and so that was she it. was pretty much demoralized then because yeah. of that. Well, and exactly. I felt bad for him, though, okay. because he didn't do anything wrong. He did exactly what was asked upon him. And the thing that bugs me in that situation a smidge is that because of, yes, because of what she has went through and because of the flashbacks we've seen, I always felt really, like, strong that she started to know her boundaries, so to speak, Linda. Like, she, like, would learn... Thank you for more tea. She would learn like, hey, you know, I need you not to watch this performance, Rodrigo. I need you not in my orbit. Uh, The one time, as I said earlier in this episode, she said, oh, or he asked, can I watch you? Can I go? Can I come? She was like, yeah, you can come. So it felt like she had her emotions in check. And then it does sort of suck for both of them that now she asked for brutal honesty and her emotions weren't in check. Like, that's something she brought upon herself. I don't, I'm not badgering the gal, but I just, you know, you see what I'm saying? Like, it's, it, it. Felt as if she finally got it in order. She knew her boundaries, and this was one that it didn't. It didn't. It didn't go that way. Mm. How, do, how do you feel about that, Linda? Uh, I think that she didn't know her boundaries. I think that she thought she got past her. I call it daddy issues um, and her choking issues, but she really didn't. I think that she thought that he was going to say that she was brilliant and she did a great job, and that's why she's in the finals. But that's not what he said. And I think the bigger question is, did she feel like she was brilliant? Did she, you know, internally you have to know, like, where you stand with everything, too. Yeah, but Um, you can think about it. You can think that, you can think that you're brilliant and amazing. Okay, I'll do myself because that's me. I can think that, (laughs) you know what, I'm an amazing host and I'm an amazing co-host and I do so friggin' phenomenal and then I can have me go in there and be like, hey, I need you to do this and this and this better. Yeah, or even worse, let's say, because uh, she's Canadian, I'll, I'll say Jillian Barbary, who was a morning talk show girl, and I think that she's amazing. And so I say, and Jillian comes in and says, no, you suck. Can okay. you imagine your mentor telling you that, hey, you, you're not as great as you think you okay, are? But That's he, crushing. He, that would be crushing. He definitely did not say you suck. He was doing a. I'm trying to defend him because I feel like as much as this is Haley's story, like just you're you're saying that somebody's saying your your craftsmanship or whatever sucks. Which That's is what he said. He said it was like you didn't know what you were doing, but you loved the music and the passion took over. Is what he said. So he was just okay. Then I'm gonna just defend Rodrigo. I'm not saying what you're saying is not correct because it told like I totally get like ah, and I feel so bad for Haley, but you know I do feel like he didn't. Okay, so that's the bigger question. Did you feel like he did something wrong? Did you, Anthony? Did you feel like Rodrigo expressed it wrong? That's how Rodrigo talks. It's tough because he's such a sincere guy. So in his eyes, he's not doing anything wrong. But I think the bigger point is not to focus on him because the story's not about that's him. That's it. The story's not that's about it. him. It's about Haley. It's Haley's time. That's it. And I, I know. I that's know. it. So in essence, like you said, he said he's a pure. He's a pure, a pure at heart, and he doesn't mean harm. However, he's not thinking about Haley. He's thinking about himself because had he been thinking about Haley and known. Her history, which he does. He would have given her the reaffirmation. Exactly. Thank you. He would have said, no, it's good. It's okay. Keep doing what you're doing. 
but no, she he he went up yep. he went up to her wall and took it down brick by brick. Brick by brick. So does yeah. that mean yeah. that you guys want people to gas you up? What do you mean by that? Well, you just said that he had a decision. He had a decision to tell her exactly what she wanted to hear, or she had. Uh, or she, uh, he could have, uh, you know, sugarcoated it because of the I, sake of the. I think there's a time and place for everything, exactly. and I think that in this moment, which will, go, which is a great segue to the itchy go itchy e, where you only have one life and one opportunity. He knows that this is her her opportunity and her time to shine. You know what? If you want to, what did you say? Gas her up. Gas her up. Get her through this. Let her win the competition. And then after she wins, sit her, sit her down and say, hey, this is what I think. This is where you can improve. And you're going to be an amazing conductor when you fix X, Y, and Z. But Not I think before the most important competition that she's been just rehearsing true, for. True, 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 true. Wait, you're missing my point, though. I think he was doing everything right. He because he talks in a way that is, you know, more challenging maybe for her to receive. That we can and I and mind you, if you two weren't on the opposite end, like I probably wouldn't have so much like forcefulness to push that my my idea that Rodrigo is, you know, not doing anything wrong in the situation, but because you guys are kind of not seeing it in in the way, I'm trying to say like no. Let's ask the question. Like, wh- how did he do anything but no, no, no. Okay. push her to the? Because to me, he gave her everything that would make her the best. He can't be responsible for the fact that she chose to choke. Like, All right. here's the thing: they actually both messed up. Because if Haley would have been more observant of how she is herself, she would have done the competition without asking for any help with Rodrigo, and she would have asked him after the fact that she had done and completed the competition. She would not have done it before the biggest competition of her life, when she knows she's going to choke. She knows she has a history of choking herself, but she wasn't able to see that at the moment, and she asked Rodrigo for that fact. And then at the same time, Rodrigo sucks at social skills, so she asks, he goes, are you sure you want to know the truth? She says yes, and gives it to her, and breaks down those bricks brick by brick so they both kind of messed up and hence they it just ends into it ends in catastrophe <laughs> yeah i agree with you yeah she choked um go ahead yes no i'm just saying uh yeah go ahead. no no if you had a good point on it too no i agree with him i agree with what anthony's saying i think like, we're saying the same thing i don't think there's no right side to this i think it's just it's just both like i mean i can sympathize a bit more with Haley, but i can also see where uh rodrigo is coming from like i know both sides and i and i can i can explain one side a slightly better more because it, it has more depth to it because Haley has more depth to it because it was Haley's story yeah, yeah. although rodrigo uh, yeah of course he didn't do anything wrong but rodrigo is rodrigo yeah like we know Rodrigo. This yep. is Haley. Yeah, and ultimately we just want the best, best art. And anyways, it it was not the best art. So it's sad to watch, you know, that she choked. You know, you just kind of hope that that doesn't happen. Um, the scene was shot really well. It was really fun to watch, see the different emotions of her. Um, Rodrigo totally getting when it fell off and when it fell flat and she didn't bring her best or or choked. Um uh, and then for a quick second, we see more more of the guys uh, pushing this Rodrigo's narr- Rodrigo's dead narrative. Um, so we haven't got more on that story, but that that'll come later. Um, and then it just ends beautifully in you know a great visual of Tokyo, and she's lost in the city with her alcohol, sort of completely independent. Um, um, so, and my take on that is, I thought that what was important when we see that she chokes uh, at the finals is that she leaves her body. And as she's leaving her body and she walks by Rodrigo, there's a moment where he turns his head and it's almost like he felt her pat, her spirit go. And I thought that that was so important considering, like, that's your boyfriend and your coach and we've, we've seen your guys' journey for the last, you know, four years. 
and you felt her leave. You felt her not be in that moment. Um, and I think that when uh, we see them at the party and she grabs the bottle of whiskey and he's calling her highly, highly, and <laughs> she just keeps running and she's crying. I didn't take it as an independent thing. I think I, I took it more like she was so upset that she knew she choked and she knew she lost the competition and she also knew that uh, Rodrigo was a big reason why. Yeah, she needed to be alone. She needed, and it, I, you said you cried over the episode. I felt like that was even a, a real sad, tougher part to watch too. You know, remember that episode where I said when Cynthia started breathing in right before she was going to start crying? I felt mm-hmm. like I felt that emotion because that's how I am right before I try to deny myself of how I really feel. Um, Haley gave me a little bit of that in that too, and like yeah. I said, beautiful Tokyo. Um, I guess we got to move along. Um, and a second ago, you were giving yourself an example of being a wonderful host. And yes, you, and you are. And there, but there's another one. I mean, the best host ever, and I mean, <laughs> could she be my mentor? Maria Menundos. You want to have fun, learn and grow in all areas of your life? For those of you who do, have we got a podcast for you? Conversations with Maria Menundos, podcast edition, is hosted by our AfterBuzz TV founder and drops every Friday on iTunes. Conversations with Maria Menundos features celebrity and influencer interviews, along with secret tips on how to be better in all aspects of life, from health and wellness to career and relationships, finances, and more. Let our Maria be the big sister you never had. Just go to iTunes and subscribe to Conversations with Maria Menundos for free. Be sure to rate and comment when you do, and let Maria know it was us, hello us, here at AfterBuzz TV, Mosa in the Jungle, that sent you there. Conversations with Maria Menundos, podcast edition, check it out. Now, we, because we were talking about giving advice or not, um, I believe Anthony in the booth has a little bit of something on that. Anthony, what did you want to say? What was that? Oh, just a, just a quick correction. It's, uh, yeah, Mar- Maria Menounos. Um, this is a great podcast that should be listened to, and it drops every Friday. And again, it's uh, Conversations with Maria Menounos. Yeah. What, what was I saying? There, was, there might have been a D in there. There might have been a D oh, in there. I didn't yeah. mean that. I'm sorry yeah. I said that. Because <laughs> I was actually even just reading it, so... Yeah, my bad. it's all well. That's one of the charms about Maria. Two of the things that we know about Maria that have always been a charm. She's got a laugh like no one else, so that is signature. And when you go and don't know initially how to spell it, you're like, "How do you spell it? How all those vowels together?" But that is our Maria Menounos conversations with Maria Menounos is great. And I watched. Um, we'll get on to episode eight in a second. I watched. I'm sorry, I listened to her latest one. Um, it had experts who um, are into the world of uh, pets and stuff. And I don't have a pet, but the podcast was so well. I was like, oh. Oh my god like i felt pet? like i was learning so yeah like i want one or when i get one i know like some of the things you should be doing for their health um so very layered and then the last episode i told you was great too but we gotta go we gotta keep it going episode eight ichi goli ichi i always say that a little challenge but thank you uh of course for our tea absolutely um so excited about this episode. This was so beautifully done. And like I said, when I watch a show, I watch it like quiet. I got the candles in the corner. <laughs> like I got my knees on the couch. Like picture it. I'm that guy. Like I'm I'm trying to, you know, feed the show and like like taste it, you know. Um, I wanted to just say something real quick. Sure, if you don't sure, mind. of course. So Ichigo, Ichii, because I think it really sets up this episode, is a Japanese four-character char- idiom that describes a cultural concept of treasuring meetings with people. So it is one life, one opportunity, but it actually translates to one chance in a lifetime. And the term uh, opportunity reminds people to cherish any gathering that you're a part of 
So you may not have this this moment again. So cherish this moment because it may not be repeated. Oh, I like that. How how each of it, each of these moments can have an impact and really really taste it. Yeah, I keep saying the word taste and touch and grab. Like I'm really <laughs> like I'm in that certain space right now. Um, I love that. Thank you for the extra yeah. notes on it. And what I loved. Um, well, we'll get into the tea ceremony in a second. Uh, we start the episode though with a little bit of this uh, awkward um, car ride and. Um, God, Haley just looks so perplexed. She is just, she's not having it. Rodrigo is so classic him. Like, I don't know what's wrong. So it just opens up for a really fun episode, you know. Yeah, I mean, she's uh, pissed. Yeah. And hungover. And he's indifferent. He doesn't know what's going on. My second viewing, I thought of that too. I was like, the first viewing, I, I was just, she's you know, trying to get to her emotions. Then the second episode, uh, second time I watched it, I said, oh, that's right. Like, she also did get severely drunk, too. So um, it's been a whirlwind experience because anytime you go through something, you're mad, and then you put alcohol to it, you know, at an excessive rate, it's going to make things harder the next day, too. So I forgot about that until mm-hmm. I watched it a second time. Uh, beautiful Japanese garden. Everything had a rhyme or reason. Everything meant something. It was so fantastic. And I was really interested in watching the tea ceremony. Um, I've not been there. You've got to go to Tokyo. So I'm not, uh, you know, you, you've got to feel it a little bit more than I would have. I know, but still, it was still beautifully shot. E- either way, you you were in that moment with them. And, and those gardens are amazing. And I thought that that interpreter... Walking them through that first uh, step of the ceremony where they had to wash their hands yeah. and, mouth and purify their mm-hmm. mind and soul just really set the scene for what's going on. Because what a contrast. You're purifying your mind and soul. Meanwhile, Haley's completely hungover and angry. So it's going to be interesting if she'd be able to really do that in a positive way. Also, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but uh, I th- I'm pretty sure Haley ends up not washing her mouth. Yeah, she just washed her hands. hands. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. I caught that. It um was so so good. Even just a takeaway for me. I'm like, you know, we move as people so quickly and I'm I just those little rituals if you could add, I mean, not that you're going to add that to your day, but little things like that to kind of uh refocus your mind were great cuz I I would imagine that. Imagine that we had that situation today. We had a place to go spiritually cleanse our mouth and our hands, you know. That would have been great. I mean, that's a whole other conversation. We, oh. I mean, we do have that. It just depends on, you know, where you are in your life. But What do you mean we have that? We have that. I mean, but I, I just, I don't think that this is the, oh. let's move forward. But th- there are things like that in everyone's life where you can find that if you so well, seek to choose. The traffic is it. the antithesis of that. But yes, um, traffic is like the alternate experience. <laughs> it drives me crazy. Anyways, um, we go through a little small door. I thought that was another like really fun part because it indicated that we all have to come into this space at the same level. That mm-hmm. was really brilliant as mm-hmm. well. Um, and then we've got beautiful fresh flowers. Um, and that's where we see the signage of one life, uh, one opportunity. Um, it was really cozy. I liked it a lot. Um, but the awkward personalities were definitely kicking, you know. Uh, I thought it was, you know what, I thought it was beautiful contrast because from up until this point, this show is built around like the hustle and bustle of New York City, the orchestra, the grind, all of that. And here it was just like beautifully silent and it was reflective. So it was opposite to everything that we've ever seen. So it made it really, for me, very powerful because they both had to sit on the same level because, you know, there's so much to it. Rodrigo's at this level. She's at this level. It's supposed to be her time now, and it's always been Rodrigo's time. And now they come in. They have to sit and be silent and reflect on the same level. 
What did you think, Anthony? Uh, I thought it was like a like a safe space for them, like, and I kind of felt like it was like a uh, marriage counselor too. Counsel <laughs> yeah, like ma marriage counseling as well. Um, but yeah, it was definitely like a very sacred space where they could, in a sense, tell themselves everything, and they kind of do it at the end. <laughs> I, I yeah. loved. I loved. Um, as you were talking about, like, like even just like the pacing of it, I'm glad we didn't, you know, comb over it. I'm glad we like saw, you know, every every when the tea was being poured, when the mm -hmm. uh, the sweets were being offered, you know, almost like what we did today. You showed me how to, you know, turn it. I liked that we um, took a moment to really look at that yeah. because that for me made me feel that sense of like, you know, every time they would show Haley, you know, she is a smidge awkward in the face or you know, like confused. Um, of what she's going to say, it made me like have a dual vision of it, like the peacefulness, but then also in the back of her mind, it, you could you could still read the it. Calamity, Even yep. though in that little space, you're supposed to not be, the whole goal is to not be able to bring those things in, but I mean, I guess they're like clearly there. Yeah. Um, let's see. Okay, we're, we're rushing through this episode, so we'll be done fairly shortly, and we got that great news and gossip coming up too. Um, uh, I yes. wanted to say, because there's, there's so many parallels, and unfortunately I know we're running out of time, but we're... He Rodrigo takes that first cup um, and is transported into another world. And when he takes it, and he has to say "wasaki me," which means "please excuse me for going ahead of you." That's that yes. was like huge because that right there is the the whole <laughs> relationship between Haley and Rodrigo. That's the whole relationship right there. I love that you said that. That was like literally the next aspect on the notes, how how it meant more than what it meant. It meant more than just those words, excuse me, I'm going ahead of you. It meant exactly how they've done this whole thing yep. since she waltzed in there, you know, four years ago and yep. auditioned and they, they their love um, emerged. Um, he, he does sip the tea and he has this vision. He's visited by three people in his vision. One is Haley, one is Rodrigo, one is Thomas. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on what each of them had to do in that vision or in his head, I guess is, is what it would be. Um, I think that he is having, he's coming to the realization that how he sees Haley and how Haley actually is, is not correct. And perhaps he doesn't know who she is and what she wants in that scene. Yep. I completely agree with you on that point. Yes. Yeah. And for him to think that she wants motherhood, really? Like that's, that's what you think? And After it, all this, come on. And the weirdest thing is it feels like he finally came to different conclusions, too, because, you know, he had had earlier portions where he was like, no, I don't need you, but I want to be with you. Like, it, I feel like this season we've seen Rodrigo not even know specifically what he wanted, and I felt like he was finally getting there. So the fact that in his head he's completely off base was a little challenging. Um, he also gets kind of whipped a little bit by Thomas, who gives him a same kind of timeline pressure that Haley has because Haley always has these timelines, you know, for her career and we don't really see a timeline as far as pressure with Rodrigo, but I guess Thomas does put in his head, like, you know, you're not going to be young forever. Fatherhood's the most beautiful thing. Um, so I don't know how that'll be an effect on him later. I mean, but then again, it just shows you again that he's not thinking about Haley. He's thinking about himself. Because that's, that's thinking about yourself when you're like, oh, you know, you're getting older and it's this and this. Well, what does Haley want in this moment? That's what you're missing. And you see that when she drinks the tea and has her own experience as well. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's not a bad thing that he is thinking of fatherhood. I mean, it's not like he's... he's... I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm saying that in this moment, he is seeing Haley how he wants to see yeah, her, which yeah. was the whole point of that hallucination. It's not the true Haley and what she actually really wants, of which you find know. out yeah. that he doesn't really know. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what the confusion is. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'm saying, su- uh, uh, in addition to that, that's all. In addition to that, so you had very strong points on the Haley vision. You could just take the lead on that if you'd like. Um, Go ahead, Anthony. Well, I, also, I, I wanted to jump to uh, Rod- when he sees his own Rodrigo. Um, is that so? Pretty much, is that the other Rodrigo tells her tells himself to be honest with her, and also um, how the other Rodrigo suggests to him that he has to evolve. And to to that he says, "I don't want to evolve." Yep. And exactly. that I think that's a huge point in the whole thing, um, because and then and then also Thomas says, uh, like he or well, he tells Thomas that he feels comfort, and then uh, Thomas tells him comfort's like the worst word or the worst possible thing you can be as an artist. Artist, artist, yeah. And so so I think it's it's gone to a point where like Rodrigo is comfortable where where he is, and he's not he's not willing to move forward with anything. He's not willing to evolve. As a person, he's not willing to evolve in his perception of what Haley actually is and likes more of what he thinks he she is. Exactly. And I think that pretty much sums up his whole vision, and he's practically delusional. Yep, <laughs> I agree. And on that, um, jumping on what Anthony is saying, she's drifting away, and Haley needs more than just comfort. She keep her opening vision at this time it's my time it's time for me she wants to be the crazy one she wants to be the one that travels and meets people and she's angry like you see that she's angry about it because she's you know cussing it up and then she lizzie appears and asks Haley the same question that thomas and the alternate rodrigo asked rodrigo what is it that you want what do you want and she, she. You can see her struggling. You know that she wants her career and she wants to to pursue being a conductor. And then you throw in uh, Anna Maria, and Anna Maria is where she is uh, confronted with her emotions and her relationship with Rodrigo. And Anna Maria basically says, "You're never going to be enough for him. You're not crazy enough. You're not talented enough. Um, you'll never be what he wants. He needs." he needs or wants and that is her set her subconscious messing with her like emotions i, you, I, I uh, real quick i have to agree with you and i want to jump in there because she also says that he'll drive her he'll drive you crazy yep. to some certain point and this is her going crazy yeah like right into their head she's going crazy she's like i want to be mad i want to be crazy like i want i want to be the crazy one at this point and so it, it pretty much leads to um she sees two two sides of the same coin. She she loves Rodrigo and she knows he's a perfect guy for her. But in order for her to evolve, he has to shed that. He has to shed her, herself away from Rodrigo, pretty yep. much. Yep. Because she's and she also said that she's losing herself. So she has to shed the skin that Rodrigo has put on top of her, and that's the skin that Rodrigo sees and not what she actually is. Yep. And she seemed complicated with the idea of like. Being an individual, but then also like uh, st- still being able to grow with him, like in she, a relationship. that was a challenge. But the one thing of that that I did love about her is that she did. I feel like there was it was built up that she would make that commentary that you know I want to be the one crazy. Like her even saying she was mad that she didn't win. Okay, that's natural. That's going to happen. But I do think this I'm crazy sort of indicating that he's the one who gets to have all the wild fun or whatever. Is that what it was representing? Because that's what it seemed like. I think it was good that she finally said, like, you know, 
I I deserve that too because I don't think she's actually like admitted that in, at, at all at this point. So that was for me that was like the, my favorite part. Um, any symbolism with the the scene itself? Because like with her, she had like the petals on the floor. Did that mean anything in specific? To me, no. But I mean, it, it possibly. Was, Go ahead. I think it was. Sorry, I, I hate. I'm sorry, <laughs> I cut you off. I, but I don't think they were petals, weren't they? They looked more to to me like feathers. And Something though they were it was different than his his uh, hallucination and it's more like it's, it it feels kind of like you you pluck the feather you pluck the feathers of a bird to really reveal what the bird is in mm. a sense you know I don't mm-hmm. know no something and uh, hey you take a, a, a tea takes a lifetime to master so <laughs> that's all that everyone is trying to do in this this moment then they have a vision together uh, yeah. why don't you guys go ahead and tackle that or how how do you see that um I well they they walk together in the forest the thir- first thing that I saw that was important was that uh, Haley was barefooted and uh, Rodrigo had mis- mismatched socks on uh, and that just said a lot to me because they you're in the same situation, you're in the same moment, but you're walking that journey differently. Haley's walking it barefoot and vulnerable, and Rodrigo's walking it with experience and eccentric because he can be because he's already there. That's how I took it. How did you take it, Anthony? I mean, I didn't notice that before, but that completely makes sense, yeah, because uh, Haley's, uh, Haley's, yeah, she's much more vulnerable and everything, and uh, that 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 completely represents that. And uh, talking on uh, Rodrigo's socks, it, I think it says that he's just so he's just his life is just so convoluted and just so crazy that he is the type of guy who would wear mix max socks and, and mix max socks and just go uh, go through life with just two pairs of socks never matching. Yep. Yep. And maybe that's why these the people keep saying Rodrigo's dead. Rodrigo's dead because he's not actually present because he is so out there. I really need to understand what's happening with that because there's two episodes now where they just have not explained that. Um, they both return to the present and each say they need to say something important to each other and Rodrigo says he wants to start a family and Haley says that she wants to break up. And we saw it coming the whole episode but it still it still hits you like a ton of bricks. It really did. It, it was happened. very sad. It hit Rodrigo very hard. Yeah. yeah. It. I mean, yeah. I felt like I was in the moment. I felt like I was being talked to, <laughs> you know, because I. It's you knew it was happening, but it didn't. It didn't soften it. It really by didn't. By any means, at all. And uh, then also, I think the nail in the coffin is that ending shot where you see Haley walking across the bridge, and then you see Rodrigo at the foot of the bridge. And I found that to be like very symbolic. And it's such a beautiful shot. I gotta say, by the way, it's so it's such a beautiful shot. And it says that, like, Haley needs to advance. I wrote down, Haley needs to advance in her life yep. and evolve while Rodrigo will continue to be the same guy unable to cross that bridge yep. to become the person that Haley needs him to be or would love to, to, for him to be in order to love him completely. But he, he's not—he's just not there that yet. But there is a bright side because Rodrigo does see the bridge and he's at the foot of the bridge. But I just think I just don't think he's ready for that yet while Haley is much more mature than he is. And is 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 on her way to crossing that bridge. And one of the things she had to do to cross that bridge was to let Rodrigo go and leave him at the foot of the bridge. And eventually, hopefully down the line, Rodrigo can cross the bridge and meet her on the other I side. I love that. Yes. <laughs> preach, Anthony. Preach. It makes me want to go watch the next two episodes now because it's so hard for us to not to know the answers. Well, now we can. Now <laughs> we can. Now right? we can. Yes. Now that we recited this I one. I know that we have run long, so uh, my news and gossip, I think we should hold off to next week. Is that okay? Yeah, that's totally okay. fine because, you know, we 
it will still be news and gossip. Oh, well, how about that? Okay. Um, predictions then, I guess? Or do do we have time for that, too? Uh, let's just do some quick ones. Okay. After Buzz TV prediction. Um... You go first. Oh, my God. It's so funny. I was going to say my predictions are there are no predictions because we are in a hurry. Um, just I just always want Haley to work through her stuff because, again, like, you know, so much is on her. And um, I just want her to know what she wants and her to, you know, continue to find the things that were from her past that haunt her and see what weigh those odds. You know what I mean? When they get back to New York, like weigh those odds, like what is more important to her? Anthony? I feel that there's going to be a fallout. There's going to be a fallout for both of them. Um, I feel like Rodrigo might might uh, take it the hardest, and I, or they both might take it the hardest. Um, but there's definitely going to be a huge fallout. But who knows? Maybe through the pain, Rodrigo might be able to find his uh, muse again, uh, because Ooh. he's been in this funk this whole time. Yeah. And it kind of started when the like uh, when it started like dating uh, dating Haley. So who knows? Maybe because artists are so freaking weird you know um through, through pain they, they find uh great artistry so who knows but i know there's gonna be a huge fallout and i can't wait to uh be in my bunker and wait for the explosion i think that i, I love that i think that Haley is going to find herself in all of this in the breakup and i i'm hoping that they get back together um so we'll see that's my prediction. <laughs> I wanted to leave you guys with this, though, because it was a powerful line to me, and I wanted to keep it to the end, uh, f- especially for this episode specifically. A bowl of tea is the universe held between the palms. Think about that. That's it. Okay. Well, now we just got to lightly say our names, but that was strong enough. I'm Ronnie. Randomly RJ. Thank you. Hi, guys. Linda is so girly all across social media. And I am Anthony Becerra. You can find me everywhere at Tony B. Tony. It's Tony and in the B, just the letter B, and Tony B. Tony underscore. And I just got to say, this is possibly one of episode A, Ichi, uh, I can't remember. Ichigo, Ichi-E. Ichigo, Ichi-E is possibly one of my favorite episodes of the whole series. And my Aww. God, it was the most beautiful. And thank you guys for letting me join. Yeah, thank you this. for Absolutely. sharing all everyone's. Yeah, it's great. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks, guys. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.